Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is Friday, October 4th. 2019, for those of you listening to the show 100 years from now. And uh, we have a really interesting show. You know, remember a couple years ago I did the show with the, the husband and wife that started Squat Van? And they would just, they had this big truck, panel truck, and it was loaded with gym equipment. And they just went to different places and worked out. They went to the Grand Canyon. You know, it always fascinated me. It really, really did. And, and, and we did that show because it was very interesting. And this, this show was just as interesting. Uh, the reality is that uh, my guest today is, uh, hold on a second. Let me bring him on camera here. Just bear with me. I have to do all this stuff myself. Ferenc Elikis, how, how are you, Ferenc? Hi, Carl. I'm very good. Very good. Thank you for having me on yeah, the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, you're very, you're very fascinating of, of what, you're, what you've done in 2018. Uh, and, and, and this is kind of under the heading of specialized fitness. Uh, we have a lot of people who listen to the show, the podcast, that are over-the-road truck drivers. And we have a lot of people who listen to the show because they're in sales and they spend six hours a day in their car. Uh, and we all have that sense of angst when we're in our car driving someplace that, you know, I should be moving more. I shouldn't be sitting like this. And, and, and so tell your story. First of all, uh, you're an overlander. Is that correct? Explain that, first of all, what that, what, what that means. Yes, it's a, from in this um, sort of meaning, it's a fairly new word as such. The original word is coming from Australia when people were herding their cattle from one point to the other, thousands of miles away. And today, people just use the word overlanding for vehicle-based independent traveling, basically. So usually that involves a, a big four-by-four, four, uh, right. four-wheel drive uh, A mobile truck, home, but, something that people yeah, can actually can be, live in, right. To be, uh, yes, but to be honest, it can be anything. It, even if you just use your everyday sedan and drive from uh, drive any long distance, you're an overlander. It doesn't really matter what you drive, uh, as long as you enjoy the trip. And the goal that's a, apparently, I mean, who who says what's the definition? I mean, nobody can decide. But uh, usually, they say the definition is that the goal is the trip itself, not the destination. Yeah, I like that. So, I like that. as long as you enjoy the trip and you, you 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 know you're interested in what's around you at that point while you're traveling, that's overlanding and not you don't you don't necessarily want want to get to the end of the trip. Now, is this a is this a bigger phenomenon in Europe than it is here in the United States? You think? Uh, and and I should point out that you are in Budapest right now, correct? That is correct. Is it right is now. it tech is it technology wonderful for rank? It is. <laughs> really? Amazing. Could you imagine, like, you, you there, me here? We would never, uh, you know, a uh, hundred years ago, we would have never met like that. You know what I mean? But anyway, I, 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 I love that. So so uh, is this a phenomenon that's more popular in Europe, you think, than it is here in the United States? No, I think it's the opposite, actually. Uh, it's it's absolutely massive in the United States. Really? Uh, <laughs> it is. It is absolutely especially in the north, north uh, east and south east. Uh, sorry. Northwest and Southwest, mm -hmm. 
where you just have those open spaces and uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos, there's a lot of uh, websites, blogs, and and just people doing this stuff, and it's absolutely fantastic. And it's also uh, what's very popular in America is that obviously to travel within the country, but you have that North and South American continent. Right. right. Big Pan-American famous route yeah. that a lot of people are doing, literally thousands of people. Once you start doing these kind of things and you you read the, the relevant blogs or you enter the Facebook groups that are talking about different visa advice or route uh, advice exchanges, how to do this, how to do that, uh, you, then you realize so many people are doing this that uh, it's incredible. But, but now what, what – so if you had to describe the uh, the iconic – demographic of a person who says hey honey like you 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 and uh and uh evelyn right is that her name i'm sorry yeah correct yeah, yeah. you you and evelyn uh decided to and i got to put the map up I, you and i our faces are going to disappear for a second because people need to be able to see this on a map in order to understand you drove from uh uh western africa yeah. to singapore that's right, and that's the, the map. That's the map of of your path, and also the points where you stopped, and so on. This yeah. this has to be like uh, Overlander extraordinaire, right? I mean, or is this what all Overlanders do? They drive thirty two thousand miles in a year. Well, it was big, and first of all, we had to get to Africa first. So that actually it could even be longer if I talk about the fact that we had to get from Budapest to Northwest Africa <laughs> and then back to Singapore. But um, the, the fact is so many people who get into, or like, let's say wh- whoever makes the decision to actually quit their job and just travel for a year with a vehicle, it's usually longer than our trip. So whoever we met, uh, and there's a lot of overlanders that we met on the trip, uh, many, many of them, just had a longer trip than ours. Really? So maybe, maybe if we combined it, because our Northwest Africa was sort of one side of the trip, and then we went to Singapore, and that was sort of the second two-thirds of the trip. Right. Uh, if I combine the two, it's it's quite big, but otherwise it was done in 11 months. Wow. 10, 10 or 11 months. That's, that's, so at some point in time, may, maybe sooner than I'm, I'm even imagining, you and and Evelyn said, you know, you you said my my back hurts all the time, and she felt like she was withering, like she hadn't been to the gym and and so yep. long, and so you had to start making a plan. Like, okay, we can't just we can't stop every five minutes and walk. So what? How do we do this? How do we make this where we don't erode our health at the end of this journey? That is correct. Like basically. Evelyn is very active, uh, exercising all the time. I'm trying the same, but I'm not as active <laughs> as she is. But, uh, you know, regularly we're trying to go to the gym. Evelyn literally goes every day. And once you start to live in your car and uh, live in a tent, that just stops suddenly. So you have to come up with alternatives. And it's not just exercise, but everything else that comes with a traveling lifestyle, like food or water or, or you know, just generally just health uh, because you're traveling to, to places that uh, might not have the same standards as, as your home country. You want, you want, to, you want to know an interesting uh, tidbit of information? Uh, uh, more truck drivers and police officers develop bladder cancer. 
And I and I thought about this for a long time, and I realized that these are two jobs where you just don't sit, but you may actually drink a lot of coffee and hold your urine for longer periods of time. This is just okay. my own theory. It's just yeah, my own yeah. theory. But you know, it's like why do why do these two what what these two jobs? The only similarity is that they they sit all day and drive mm-hmm. in a vehicle. Uh, and right. I just found that fascinating. And I thought, you know, uh, so so here, you know, you're saying you're you're going play. You don't have to stop every uh, half hour or fifteen minutes to, to use the the facilities. But at the same time, you're wrestling with staying hydrated. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely have to stay hydrated, especially that. Uh, we were in hot climates. We went through the Sahara Desert. And uh, also in, in Central Asia, we went through deserts, multiple of them. Wow. And it was the heights of the summer as well. So it could be, I, I don't know, close to 100 like Fahrenheit and, um, or, or probably higher. Yeah, probably higher. But, but, Probably higher. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Celsius, which is you know, like you know, you know, you know, like Arizona in the summer is 119 uh, in, you know, yeah. in Phoenix, and even even Las Vegas, uh, Nevada gets hit with that sometimes. I got to believe a desert that's known for being hot has to be in the in the 130s, probably high 120s. I would say. Uh, yeah, over over 40 degrees Celsius. So whatever that is in Fahrenheit, I, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Probably yeah. about 120 degrees. But, yeah. So uh, were you worried for your safety when you were driving through these? Like, oh, gosh, I hope there's something that doesn't go wrong with the car now. Uh, yeah. Well, in Africa, uh, it was sort of a convoy. Like, we, w- we were traveling in an organized group. And then uh, within that, we had, like, this three, four, five vehicle little convoy that we just helped each other all the time. But we had issues. More like getting stuck in places and, in, in, you know, soft, sandy-type uh, routes and and places like that, and helped each other out with uh, fuel if we had to, because there's nothing around. Literally, there's places where there was nothing around. But uh, mechanical problems we didn't have in Africa, but we had a lot in uh, in our second trip, like driving through Asia. Oh, really? Uh, but that was a different, it's a different kind of environment. In Africa, in the Sahara, that's what you don't want to break down. In Asia, you can get away with it. You can fix it. You can walk to the next village. It's more populated, and obviously, there's remote areas, but... There was at some point where we got stuck in Mongolia. It was during the night, and there was nothing around, literally nothing around. And I just had to dig for four hours until the, the, the vehicle was free to go again. Wow! Uh, so uh, you you just and that's that's overlanding. You just have to solve. You you're independent. You're self reliant. You have to solve the problems, and that's the beauty of it as well. So you you and Evelyn came up with thirteen. Uh, kind of uh, evolved yes. these 13 things that yes. you feel uh, were, were there was compelling evidence that it enhanced your health while you were stuck in this yes. vehicle. By the way, did you wear a fitness tracker or Fitbit or a ring? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. It only, I was going to say we um, when, anything that you would like to do when you're traveling, you sit in a vehicle all day, you have to do it consciously. Uh, when uh, you think about your health. So like even drinking water, as as obvious as it sounds that you have to drink water, you have to think about it sometimes because you, you can't just forget about it and your body feels it immediately. Like you actually have to have a bottle in front of you and then grab it, even if you're not there. Uh-oh. I think we may have uh, lost uh, the... Oh, no, you're back. Yeah, you're back. 
Yeah, and I and, and and but then at the same time, you have to wrestle with the idea that the more you drink, the more you have to pee, and the more you have yeah. to pee, the more you have to stop. Unless you're taking bottles to urinate in while you're driving, no. so you don't slow down. You know, that's correct. But but stopping is a good thing, like. Because you you're interrupting the sitting process basically, where your your back and everything else is just not natural to sit all day. You know what I just realized? I had like an epiphany. <coughs> you, you, like you said at the beginning of the interview, it's more about the journey than the destination. So yeah. you don't feel pressure to get to the destination. Oh, we, oh, you know, we we've got to drive eight hours every night because we want to be there by Wednesday. So you you can stop more often, and each stop is part of the adventure. Then. It is true, and so that's why maybe some of the advice has to be changed for truck drivers and maybe people who are driving for a living. Right. That's for sure, but I reckon health first. So even if you're driving as part of your job, uh, your, pro- your health is probably more important. But yeah, but even when, you, even when you're sort of doing a journey like overlanding, you have to meet some deadlines, like some borders close at four o'clock in the afternoon, so ah. you have to get there. Or some maybe maybe um, you want to get to a camp spot before it gets dark, so you have to you can set up your tent and, and your camp. And actually, you have to find your camp first, and it's 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 better if it's uh, you know if it's bright still, right? And it's not you're not sure. arriving in the dark. Sure. So there are some sort of time constraints as well for overlanders, uh, which is fine, but still. You just got to remember, okay, I'm stopping now. I'm stretching my legs. I'm going to, there's a very good exercise that I've done every single time we stopped. I just grabbed any part of the vehicle. What is it? What is it? And I just grabbed any part of the vehicle. So you hold on to the vehicle and you stand straight and you lift your leg backwards. So, so basically behind your back, you just lift, lift your leg straight. And that just exercises your bum and your lower back. Right. Because that's what, that's what gets the laziest ah, while you're sitting the so, lower, so the you're, lumbar spine sure exactly so so your your lower back is not supported as much anymore because your your muscle just loses strength or whatever it is i'm not a doctor but it i've heard this i've researched this before and i've heard it from uh, uh, a friend of mine who's done really long trips many many times and this was his advice and it really it really helped me as well you know what you're talking about is this is called the standing hamstring curl in exercise physiology and so you know you're yeah and you're by 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 pushing against the car it keeps you straight upright because your body may have a tendency to want to lean forward so it forces you to stay upright so all you're really activating is is the the uh part of the calf muscle the hamstring the the gluteus maximus on that side and then the lumbar and the the muscles in the lumbar spine region and that's it right Yeah. yeah Yeah, and that's uh, that's vital. Uh, at least it's my experience, as well as what I've been told by other people, and it's just it helps you a lot if you're sitting. Uh, so what in a, what about there. what about this? When I was young, we used to like to lean in the car, you know, because we wanted to look cool, so we were leaning. And I started mm-hmm. to pay attention, probably maybe a decade ago, that like I don't sit on one side of my rear end or the other side to plant my ass straight in the chair, the seat, and yeah. sit up straight. I would imagine that that's something that you have to consider every time you get in and out of a vehicle when you're putting 32,000 miles on your body in a vehicle is making sure that you're seated right from the beginning in the right place. It's, yeah, it's, it's the same with the thing I mentioned with 
drinking water, you have to think about it consciously. And this is exactly, this is, again, a very good example. Your sitting position, your driving position, not just how you sit, like sit up straight and obviously don't lean on any side, but also is the steering wheel in the right distance? Are the pedals in the right distance from your body? So you're not actually stretching your arms either. So, again, putting strength uh, strength on your back or your neck. So if you sit in the right position, obviously that can't be leaning on left or right. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to be straight. And But you have to think about it. You do have to think about it. And you have to uh, sort of set up a rule for yourself and follow it all the time. And, um, most, and also, people, most people don't know how to identify if their steering wheel is in the right place. I... I uh, I went in uh, one year for my birthday. Elisa got me a, this supercar, you know, where I got to drive okay. a, like a, a Testarossa or something around. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up in the Audi, uh, which was a really, really, really nice car. Um, but anyway, the guy who's a professional driver, he says, adjust your seat. So I adjust it. He goes, do you really want to be there? And I, I, he says, here's how you adjust your seat the right way. You get in a comfortable, comfortable position with your seat. You put your your wrists on the top of the yep. steering wheel, the, and you should have a slight a slight break in the forearm. You should not be locked out. You should be just j- relaxed and and slightly broken. That's where you belong, because then when you grab the wheel, you actually gain a little bit more. So you you don't have that uh, constant extended shoulder feeling when you're driving. Mm-hmm. And until somebody told me that, I just thought you know you you just guess. Yeah, I think I'm comfortable there. That, that, you can't do that if you're going to spend eleven months in a car. Yeah, that's correct. That, that's exactly the rule I knew about, that uh, the steering wheel has to be at your wrist and you can't have a straight uh, arm all the time. Um, and uh, with conscious decisions, and to go back to the, the first subject that we talked about, is basically stopping and stepping outside of the car, what I found useful is that even if you if you don't stop because you you wanted to stop, but sometimes you have to stop at a... Maybe there's a ferry that you're waiting for, or maybe there is a, I don't know, there's con- road constructions why you have to Car stop. accidents. <laughs> Car accidents. Or anything, yeah, yes, exactly. But use these occasions to step outside your car if it's safe, and then stretch your legs, stretch, just, just generally move around, and you're not sitting. At least you save that 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever, uh, that you're not sitting. You'll be standing. You'll be doing something different with your body rather than sitting again. Yeah. And these little stops add up. And it's and it's again you you haven't lost any time because you would have been in the car anyway. It stopped anyway uh, because of the traffic accident right. or anything right. else. Right. Yeah. So you have to seize the opportunities when they become available. Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I want to do. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break, and when we come back, let's go ahead and go through the 13 uh, things Absolutely. that you guys discovered. Uh, were very important in order to maintain uh, both health and fitness while spending long periods of time in vehicles. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio.
Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to power Powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of having. Started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax. That was at eight years old. And so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The, the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually in the middle of a panic attack I can take and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to DrSeeds.com. That's D rseeds.com use coupon code shr and save 20 percent off your first bottle of the chill pill check it out i promise this is one supplement that delivers spit that out right now this is the superhuman channel welcome back welcome back welcome back such an interesting uh, story about i you know i've never i've really not known about overlanding uh, before, so that in, uh, alone is uh, interesting. We're talking with Ferenc Elikas. He's actually in uh, Budapest, Hungary. We have listeners in Hungary, uh, several. That uh, I, it's a it's a big physical culture community in Hungary. You know, uh, martial arts, weightlifting, bodybuilding, all that sort of stuff. Um, okay. So we have we have a lot of listeners. Uh, we have quite a, quite a few listeners in Hungary that I know of that communicate with me as well. So, what are the 13 uh, kind of edicts that you came up with uh, to maintain health while uh, spending long times in 
uh, vehicles. And we have a question from an over-the-road truck driver that I knew was going to chime in today, John Peaks. We'll get him later. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, some, some of them you already mentioned, but yeah, let's just go through them one by one. So yeah. obviously exercise, the, the regular exercise. And as I said, um, you need to think about this consciously. So you, you can't just say, okay, I've, I've got this list and I'm, I'll do them at some point. Do it regularly and make sure you follow your your own rules, your own list. And with, with the exercises, nothing has to be too complicated. You just have to use maybe an elastic band, maybe just even, not even that. Just use anything that you have. Uh, uh, even just, you know, you can go for a run anywhere. You don't need any equipment. Well, and, and, I mean, and if, you, if, you, if you get out to fuel up, you could do body weight squats. And if you exactly. keep a pair of gloves in the trunk of your car, rugged gloves that like work gloves, throw them on and do some push-ups real fast. You can do some push-ups. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what we've done. Uh, we've done so body weight exercises that you can just do anywhere. We've done the exercise that I just mentioned with the, with the lifting on like backwards. Uh, Evelyn's uh, brought some uh, very small and very light type um, exercise equipment like like an elastic band or maybe a, you know a jumping rope and stuff like that and uh, that just helped to vary the exercises but otherwise it doesn't have to be complicated and you don't need much to to actually follow an exercise routine you know you could also work in since you have you, you know you're, you're camping uh, you could say, okay, when you, you when you say, oh, the sunrise, su- sunset is this time. We want to be there before that time so we could set up camp and actually go, we want to be there 45 minutes before that so that we can work out, too, once we get that, to camp. You know, it's all about prioritizing what's important to you. You know what I mean? That is correct. That is correct. And I have to say, and as, as much as I say that you have to think about this consciously, you have to follow your own rules. Evelyn did it more than I did. So I've got, uh, like, Evelyn was still running in the Gobi Desert where I was already just, you know, collecting firewood and right. whatever I could. And, and I used that kind of excuse that this was my exercise. But it was. Sometimes it was, you know. Sometimes I had to walk around the, the campsite and, and find firewood. And it was fun as well. I mean, uh, you can do, it doesn't have to be uh, something that you don't like doing. Maybe right. just then go for a long walk. Maybe so. So so. What was? Uh, let's go through the continue to go through the list. Exercise. Sure. Okay. Uh, and also uh, because we went through beautiful places, and obviously some of them were touristy or not touristy, but but uh, we were in the nature. We were outdoors all the time. So hiking is obviously an exercise or an activity that comes and uh, that matches very well with with uh, overlanding. So you just uh, consciously aim for places where. There's good hiking opportunities. Uh, we've done quite a few hikes. We've done some in Georgia. We've also there was a one of the very good ones and very hard ones was was in um, in China. There's a place called Tiger Leaping Gorge, and it's a massive gorge uh, on the Yellow River, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and we literally had to climb down, uh, walk down on a path through really rocky narrow path mm-hmm. and then climb up again on a very steep um, uh, path and sometimes ladders like uh, uh, metal ladders and that was pretty hard and yeah, it was humid I bet. And, it sounds difficult uh, humid and hot and, um, and and 
as often as we could. We've, we've done those kind of uh, hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they are beautiful as well. But once, once you do a few hours hike, you feel like you've done your exercise for the day. That's pretty good. Um, and also, I mentioned stopping regularly before. But I just, I just thought I mentioned it again. So um, make sure you um, you just do it. I mean, uh, because we were the two of us and we've done, we shared the driving uh, sort of half and half. Like Evelyn was driving through the deserts and the mountain peaks as much as I did. So we'd literally um, done those 32,000 miles driving half of it, each That's of us. Person. So, yeah, right each person. So that meant we have to swap and we didn't just swap like, okay, you drive this day, I'll drive tomorrow. We swapped every two hours. Consciously. That's brilliant. So that gives you a reason to get exactly. up and walk around a little bit. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. And then in connection with this, when we had a, a, a reason to stop, like not because we decided to stop it. Maybe we had to board a ferry. Maybe we, we came across a border crossing, or there is a lot of uh, police checkpoints in, in Africa and Asia, so we, we had to stop. We used those opportunities to step outside, step out the car, and uh, you know stretch right. our legs. Right. You're not you're not going to do push-ups in a in a police checkpoint, but it's still a good opportunity to to just stand rather than sit. Isn't it sad that you can't do push-ups at a checkpoint like that? Like uh, they would probably. see it as a sign of aggression. They would think, "Oh, what are you trying to do? Show off." We're supposed to be I don't know. Yeah, you I wouldn't, I wouldn't try that. No, Africa, man, I'm yeah, just doing sure. push-ups. I was just—I've been in the car for two hours. I'm just doing push-ups. Yeah, I know. It's—it's yeah. it's, it's crazy. Uh, you also have nutrition on your list, right? Yes. So, uh, I mean, it's got to be easy to eat junk because junk is convenient. Right. You can hold it in your hand and eat it while you're driving and share it. Oh, here, you take some. I'll take some. But but you got to yeah. really find ways to use opportunities to eat real food. That's what that's what I was going to say. Like, if you ever go on a road trip, it's the easiest thing to to, to, to stop at the nearest McDonald's and, and you know eat eat a burger and, and and fries. But that's that's the last thing we wanted to do. And uh, luckily, there is not many fast food places in uh, in Central Asia or in Africa anyway. But uh, we deliberately wanted to stop in local markets, buy lots of food, uh, fruit and vegetables. Uh, basically buy local food, but we usually prepared ourselves. Uh, but where we could, we didn't eat, maybe we didn't eat bread or, or, or any, uh, I don't know, too heavy food where we could. Obviously, it's not always possible because you don't know what the next village is like, mm-hmm. what the next country is, supermarkets are like. You do some research, but it's not, you, you can't always know yeah. ahead. But when you have the choice, just eat vegetables and uh, fruits and vegetables and anything healthy. For with breakfast, for example, it's very easy. We just brought um, oatmeal with us, like lots of it, and yeah, you can see, now, even buy so, it so, 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 for me and a lot of people in the audience, I know what they're thinking already because I'm going to say it. Like we 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 eat protein centric diets, right. so that means we'd have to have lots of dried meats. We could have dried meats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know. Um, I, I'm not opposed. Not a McDonald's. Do they have Wendy's in Europe? No. Wendy's has a great hamburger patty. It's really right. a good quality beef, and it's only about fifteen percent fat. So it's not one of those okay. fatty. Fat. And and here in the United States, I can drive through a Wendy's and buy four 
hamburger patties. That's one pound of cooked beef for about $5.40 U.S. Okay. And that's a pound of beef. I mean, it's it's not a steak. It's not fancy schmancy, but it's a pound of beef. And I would be driving through places and getting those and keeping them in the car, and I would just eat them like cookies yeah. as the day okay. goes on. Okay. <laughs> But yeah. the uh, the problem with uh, with driving through places that are basically outside of the developed world to to to, to use those words is okay. that you just don't have those kind of supermarket chains where you can buy good meat or yeah. you don't trust you don't trust the local shop on the corner, you know. So sometimes it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, however, we had some. You know those kind of meals that the uh, mountain climbers use or hikers use, yeah. those ready meals, but right. some of them, if you choose the right brands, they can be healthy or at least they are not unhealthy like a lot of them. Right. So you can do that, uh, and we did that. Uh, we had a, a huge box of uh, you know ready meals that you can just warm up or maybe pour water over right. it, and, and then it's ready. We had lots of that. Uh, but as I said, we tried to uh, buy fruits and vegetables locally where we could, and, and obviously that. Uh, but it's hard. Food is food is hard uh, when you're on the road. What, one of the things that was on your list was kind of uh, I, I took I, I, I it caught me off guard. I was like, oh wow, I didn't think about that. You know, washing your hands often. Now, oh, if you're, if you're yeah. in the car most of the time, it's your surroundings, it's your germs, yeah. you know. Why do you, why, what's washing your hands often doing? Are you talking about when you come in contact with strangers and stuff like that? Well, you, 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 come, you come in contact with many things. Like even if you're sitting on the car, as I said, we, we step out a lot. And, and uh, it's, it's not – an overland day is not like you, you start in the morning and you uh, arrive somewhere in the evening. So probably during the day you went somewhere and visited a place, maybe an old fort or maybe an old – town or village or something so you do see places basically i don't like the word using tourist but you are a tourist 24 7 which means you go and visit places that you're interested in which means you're gonna you know touch a door handle you're gonna uh, use a public bathroom you're gonna uh, just meet a lot of people so yes you do need to also you don't necessarily have to go and find a tap and wash your hands but there's these little uh, alcoholic um, yeah. sanitizer that yeah. you can use is basically yeah. nearly as good as so um, but you again that's another thing like when you're at home maybe you do it more often you wash your hands because of whatever yeah but you do you, when you when you sit in the car you don't you don't necessarily think about it right because yes it's, it's your own little home and you don't uh, necessarily uh, remember to do it but could you the pa- could the passenger? Uh, so when you were a passenger, did you sleep, or did you? Uh, since you were both going to sleep when you got to your destination that evening, uh, could the passenger kind of find ways to engage their body while they're in that passenger seat? You've got a little bit more room. You got more freedom. You're not in control of the car. Um, not necessarily. No, it's uh, the space is too small. Uh, Evelyn had really small in our not on this trip but on a previous trip had very small uh, dumbbells with her and she was trying to do some kind of exercises but the space is just too small yeah it's it's it's, it's but uh, I had I had drumsticks and I was 
drumming on the dashboard. When oh, I, I bet she was. If she loved that. That must have drove her crazy, right? What if she was like, wait, uh, I think you need to get out at the next stop uh, or stop drumming. Let's let's put this question up there. John Peaks is a longtime listener. Uh, of the show, and he is an over-the-road truck driver here in the United States. He said, last week, my wife and I drove 5,300 miles. This was slightly less than usual. Lately, I've been stopping every three to four hours and doing a few push-ups or body weight squats. Uh, this is the uh, the new job. Uh, new, uh, he said, uh, with this new job, I only get uh, in the gym a couple times a week, but it pays the bills. And, and see... These are the people that listen to, to this show. Right. You got a guy that's spending a lot. I mean, I actually talked to him a couple of years ago, and he, he was like he wanted to sleep better while he was on the road. And we figured out a plan, and he's like sleeping better when he's on the road. And so uh, the, the people in this audience are looking to uh, be, be not just healthy but super fit at the same time. And that's why I found your, your right. story so intriguing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's doing what he has to do. But I think uh, maybe one thing he could improve is maybe stop a bit more often. Three, four hours may not be enough. But the problem with, okay, but you got to remember, the problem with over-the-road truck drivers is they get paid basically by the mile. Yeah, I know. Yes. You know, and that's really what, that's how they're paid. They're paid by the mile. And so that means that if you drive 4,000 miles in two days, you make X. If you drive 4,000 miles in a day, that means in two days you make 2X. So, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they push themselves. That's why I th- think it's fascinating that so many truck drivers and police officers get bladder cancer. I'm like, you know, right. what the one thing that they share in common is they sit in the vehicle and they don't want to have to stop every five minutes to pee because that's right. going to, like, totally blow their job. You know, <laughs> like, you can't do it. There is a, I mean, I'm not sure what the regulations are in the U.S. In, in Europe, there is a regulation that uh, truck drivers cannot drive longer than eight hours in, in a certain period of time. It could be 24 hours. I'm not sure. But there is a certain limit that they can't, a time limit that they cannot drive longer. But it's got the, I, I think it's got the same effect because they don't want to stop because they want to get as far as possible within that eight hours that they are Well, look, Well, look what John put up. Can you read that? He says, and I have a satellite track truck, which means I have to get to my destinations on time. I think that's right. what he meant on down. Yeah, yeah. He has to get to his destinations on time, so he he has that ticking clock in the background on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah these don't help. Yeah, it's tough. What? It's so what? What? What other? You know, if we distill it down, like what? What? What other really important things made your list okay. that you feel like we need to talk uh, about? Well, you know, as as modern uh, uh, seats are in new cars these days. I didn't find them, at least in my car, and it's not an old car, it's a 2006 Toyota, but, uh, and the, the seats are nice and fine, but it could be sufficiently, you know, supporting every day uh, when you're, when, you know, you just have your daily runabout, but not when you're sitting in it all day long. Right. And that's why I bought like a, you know, like an aftermarket lumbar support. Uh, it's just an extra support, and I, I really felt that I need it. Um, the seat just wasn't supporting enough of my lower back. So. Well, what, what, and what happens is the the natural arch in the lumbar disappears because you you when you sit for long periods of time, you have the tendency to roll your hips forward, and That's so you're right. actually yes. sitting on your tailbone more than your pelvis at that point in time. And the reality is that that curve in the lumbar spine just flattens out. 
So you're literally yep. putting it in a compromised position while you're putting pressure directly on it, like antagonizing it, you know, annoying yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, no, it's, it's horrible. And, uh, it's horrible. And, and also the lumbar support that I bought is like an aftermarket one, as I said, and it's maybe it's not even not any better than the original one built in the seat, but it already reminded me that I had to sit in the right position. Well, if you could feel it, then if you were aware of it, then it definitely is better than what you had because you obviously weren't aware of what lumbar right. support they put in your seat inherently in the manufacturing process. So yeah. this obviously, you, you feel it. The problem with lumbar support is some people take it too far. You know, they go, oh, you know, I'm going to put something big and round back there. And then they, they hyperextend the lumbar and they end up with other back problems. Oh. Uh, lumbar, lumbar support is a very, very small gap that uh, generally that the, the pillow has to fill. What else did you feel was uh, critical to maintaining health and fitness on the trip? Well, there is there's also sleep. I mean, uh, to get sufficient sleep, it's not, it's not only healthy, but it's also going to save you on the road. Like, you're not going to doze off. There's this thing called, I read a fantastic book about this, but there's this thing called microsleep. You don't even realize you're sleeping. Maybe your eyes are even open, but you wouldn't be able to, wouldn't be able to tell what happened in the last 10 seconds. Of no kidding. Because, That's scary. Because you, you sort of in this microsleep kind of thing, status. So if you sleep enough, and obviously, again, we were not working, so we could just, you know, set up our day and, and, and uh, arrange our day in a way that usually we had sufficient sleep. And um, that helped us the next day because we could just focus on the road and it was safe. And I'm lucky to say now that after that whole year of driving, we had no accidents whatsoever. That That is really so, cool. Yeah. I know. And especially yeah. in Europe because I've driven in Europe. I've taken off a couple side yeah. view mirrors in Ireland. Well, I, yeah, it took me well, a long time to, get, to, 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 to realize being on the other side of the car and the other side of the street. Uh, my 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 depth perception on my left side was not great, but luckily yeah, in true. Ireland, all the cars have breakaway mirrors. When you hit the mirror, it, it falls off like this, and then it, you you pick it up and it goes boing, and it gets popped back in. Uh, yeah, I took well, a couple it, with me. To be fair, it was, we went from Europe, like basically last year's trip was maybe ten percent Europe, and the rest was outside Europe. Uh, but some of the places were really crazy, like in terms of driving, especially China. China is just unbelievable, incredible driving standards there. But uh, but we were lucky; we were we paid attention all the time, and we had enough sleep, so we, we were focused. I think. So, do you listen to podcasts in the car? Do you try to fill your time with things that in, enrich the journey, as opposed to just mindless, numbing, repetitive music? Yeah, we had a list of um, sort of uh, three things that, that we've done. So we had we had our playlist, like music. Uh, the only problem was that Evelyn listens to different kind of music than I do. Uh, I listen to rock. She listens to electronic music. But we sort of swapped it a little bit around. But as you said, yes, so we've done, we've listened to podcasts as well as audiobooks. And I found those fantastic on the long trip. Yeah, I mean, I li I listen to electronic music when I'm doing cardio because it right. really is – it's like it makes you want to move, get up and move. And I would be very – listening to electronic music on a long drive may actually annoy the crap out of me because you can't get up and move. It's it's That music makes you want to move. And right. like you're confined to your, your seat. So um, 
Yeah, that's that that that's really interesting. So, did you listen to Superhuman Radio at all? I would love to say yes, but unfortunately, I haven't. Oh man, you suck! Yeah. You don't. So you've never heard. You've uh, never heard the show. I've heard the show after the trip. I've heard the show about the show after. Okay. The trip. Okay. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Well, that was 2018. Well, so the I'm, next one. The next I'm a one. listener now. I'm okay. a listener now. So. Okay. Um, we're going to take our last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to plug your website and how people can reach you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you use protein powder? Then you'll want to hear this. Thrive Protein is the single best protein blend in the world, built around what Mother Nature put into mother's milk. Thrive Protein is the first human-appropriate protein blend. There's just too much in Thrive to list in this commercial. That's why I'm challenging you to compare your current protein to Thrive. Get your current protein and go to thrivprotein.com and see how your protein's label stacks up to Thrive. For a limited time, get three pounds of Thrive for $59.95, including shipping inside the USA. That's thrivprotein.com and code COMPARE. Get ready to experience protein envy. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-See Eye Drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Can-See Eye Drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. You already know the benefits of red light therapy. Now you have to find the strongest, best one out there at the best price, right? That's where Scott Chevery found himself. He had to create mitle red lights so you can get the strongest, best red light therapy unit in the world at the absolute best price. And the Superhuman Nation gets an additional discount. Go to MitoRedLight.com and use code SHR to get the lowest price anywhere, plus free shipping inside the USA and deeply discounted shipping worldwide. Go to MitoRedLight.com and use code SHR today. That's M-I-T-O-R-E-D-L-I-G-H-T.com. Are you still on the fence about body protection complex BPC oral from drseeds.com listen to maggie kuhn one of the owners of the sea bus lifting company gym in columbus ohio i had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries just just things that were annoying you know i'm 58 years old so just older tendon kind of issues for us powerlifters you know we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues we just kind of keep pushing through and i started the bpc what i noticed was i was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to drseeds.com D-R-S-E-E-D-S dot com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplement
supplements on the market at Redcon One. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one.com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon One banner ad today. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. I know a lot of you remember when I did the interview with Dr. William Seeds about his chill pill not too long ago. And, and like a lot of supplements, you know, people have high hopes. I talked about using it, um, and I noticed a dramatic difference in uh, when I used it. I, I was using it to, to sleep with. Um, it definitely, it's not like a benzo. It just kind of takes the edge off and makes you relaxed. But I, I think many of you may have heard the new spot that we just produced uh, for DrSeeds.com with Dylan Goutreau. And mu- some of you may even know Dylan from from our Facebook groups and stuff like that. Um, but uh, he he started on benzodiazepines at eight years old. And, you know, he's a grown man now. And he, three years ago, he stopped using benzos. And he's been struggling with, with debilitating anxiety. And uh, he doesn't want to take benzos because of the negative effects that they potentially have. And he wanted something natural and not ever until the chill pill uh, from DrSeeds.com does he have a natural over-the-counter supplement that he can take while he's having an anxiety attack and it makes it go away. And it lasts. He just takes them twice a day now and he doesn't have any problems with anxiety at all. I don't know if people realize how miraculous that is. It doesn't inhibit muscle strength. It doesn't make you groggy. You You don't feel it. All you could notice is not feeling angst all of a sudden about anything in life. And it's just a really amazing thing. If you go to drseeds.com, you can save 20% off by using the code SHR. It's a great product. Frank, I'm sorry I had to do that little commercial spot. That's right. For a sponsor here in the middle of the show. So uh, how can people reach out? First of all, are you going to continue to Overland? I mean, this isn't something that you yeah. get it out of your system and now you're done, right? Oh, no, you, uh, you cannot. I mean, uh, it's so addictive and... Uh, we're having a hard time living a normal life this year, sort of, uh, we're both working and we've done little trips this year, little, a, a couple of trips, but nothing compared to last year. So yes, definitely. What we're planning to do now is, is actually buy a van, but four by four van. So, uh, we can get to places where a, a usual vehicle wouldn't be able to get to because those are the most beautiful places. And, uh, and, do it a little bit even more full time. So basically, with a van, we think that we can just, you know, even if it's now, bad now, weather. For, we Frank, I, I have to ask you this question because my audience is thinking it. So, are you independently wealthy, or do you make money uh, through your journey? Uh, no, we both work. So Evelyn is an online consultant, so consultant in online marketing. So she can basically work remotely, yeah, which is good. So she only needs a laptop. Uh, when we've done the trip last year, we just both quit our jobs. Or I have a consulting business. I'm working for a client in London, and I do. In, it's an investment company, and I do legal projects for them, uh, or a part of a legal project, setting up funds without getting into too much details. Mm-hmm. So I quit that, and I'm back into it this year. You know, just saving up saving for the next trip yeah. but also i'm trying to i'm trying to also but again i'm also locationally independent because i'm working remotely i don't actually i'm not actually going to an office every day right uh so we can do little trips in europe 
while while I'm doing that, but otherwise I'm planning to quit that and uh, and also set up some kind of online business. So I'm totally independent and I'm actually in control of my own time. So the web the website is Overland Site S I T E dot com, right? That's correct. Yes, but you also website. have a, a Facebook kind of fan page, don't you? Yeah, we do. It's also called Overland Site. Uh, most of the information is on the website, really, uh, covering our trips, but also trying to give people advice on what gear to use uh, um, and, and also just general knowledge share, really, like whatever our experience is, rather than just talking about what happened on our trips. We also say, okay, actually, when you're planning your trip, do this or bring this with you, don't bring that, uh, or how to use something safely when you're out. I, I think it's brilliant. I, I th- there's obviously enough people out there who are overlanders today uh, that uh, organizations are going to be formed. It makes perfect sense for you to focus on uh, being a pioneer in the blogging area of that. Uh, you know, I mean, align yourself with... I'm trying. There, there's got to be sponsors out there because the Overlanders probably buy Coleman stoves or maybe they don't have... Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's the kind of products that uh, people buy and use. Uh, yes, yeah. you're right. Spot on with that. I mean, I, I, I've hunted since I was 17 years old and I've spent a lot mm-hmm. of time in the woods, uh, you know, obviously hunting. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's so many good sponsors, now, and and th- one other question I just had. So, and this is the very American question: Do <laughs> <laughs> you bring any guns with you if you encounter wild animals, wild people? You have to defend yourself. No, but funnily enough, we have a we have an article about how to keep safe, how to be safe when you're on the road and you can't bring a gun. I mean, obviously, in Europe, you wouldn't bring a gun anywhere, but uh, we had a pepper spray, pepper spray with us, and that was the yeah. only gun we had. We had a, we had an axe. Like, it's not that I would ever use it against a, a living anything because I, it's just not, I don't know how to use it, first of all. But uh, a pepper spray was basically used, or not used, but I, I brought it for the purpose of, you know, just the last resort if, I don't know, we are camping in the middle of nowhere in Kazakhstan and then 10 drunk people turn Yeah, they want to they want to steal your stuff or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, so, you have but, to. Yeah. Look, you know, um, for some reason in society today, uh, observing your own safety is almost seen as an aggressive thing where you have to explain yourself. And I mean, I, I, I have have used and owned guns since i was a young man i've hunted mm-hmm. i've never killed anybody i've never stuck up a liquor store i've never done any of those things that people think make guns bad but at the same mm-hmm. time I, I i when you talk about it you feel like you have to defend yourself like oh you know i i you know i'm gonna take a gun to be safe oh why you, you shouldn't have to well, nothing actually happened i mean we were on the road through the poorest Places in the world, in in Africa or in Central Asia, and and we're on the road for ten months. In I think it was thirteen or fourteen different countries, uh, and nothing ever happened. Like right. people, obviously, after we, uh, we we arrived home, everybody asked, "So what happened? What what was the worst uh, worst moment of the trip? What happened? Did you feel unsafe at any point?" And the answer is no. Never. Nothing. Nothing happened, and it wasn't even close. 
to be dangerous. How many people were in your caravan? Or how many vehicles, let's say? Uh, in uh, So closely in Africa, we were like sort of four to five cars. It varied a little bit because of this big group. But to Singapore, we drove alone, except for the part in China where we uh, we teamed up with uh, with an Italian friend, Gian Piero, and uh, Nielsen Lutter from Holland. And we just had to share. It's a long story, but we had to share China as a as an organized trip because it's really complicated and it's it's very expensive as well. But the rest of the trip, we were completely on our own, independent. So is there a forum where overlanders communicate? Like, how did you hook up with the guy from no. from Italy at that point in your trip? And was it planned, or did you check a site and, and it's like, oh, we're going to be here, we'll we'll hang out with you? Yeah, so um, most people who want to drive through China, and you can't really avoid it because it's just, you know, if you want to get through Southeast Asia or if you're driving from south from, let's say, Australia or from Indonesia to Europe, China is just there unless you want to drive through Pakistan. There's, there's two main road routes. But if you decide to drive through China, then you, through your research, you're going to find out that you can't just show up at the border and drive in. You have to have permissions. You have to go through different uh, agencies. You have to have a tour guide with you all the time in China who sits with you in the car, by the way, uh, 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 like a, a tour guide. And uh, all this has to be organized, and, and it's quite expensive. So what people usually do, and there's a Facebook, there's several Facebook groups around overlanding, and one specifically for Asia, and that's where people just post, like, look, I'm planning to cross in August. I'm looking for two more vehicles to, to cross with. Let's group up. And so we, uh, with Jean-Pierre Lotte and Niels, the, 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 the Italian uh, friend of ours and the guys from Netherlands, they were also in these groups. So one of us, I can't remember who, uh, posted that they want to go through China at the end of the summer last year, and I just replied to one of the threads, and, and we started talking. And we had six months worth of uh, you know, phone calls and uh, emails and organization, and eventually we met in Mongolia. It was fantastic. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. And yeah. Can, can I ask how old you and, are, Farek? I'm 39. Oh, okay, okay. I'm 39. Yeah. So you and uh, and and by the way, like the uh, the so because we started the conversation with how long our trip was. Well, the uh, the couple that I mentioned, Nielsen Lotte from the Netherlands, they started their trip three three months before ours. Wow. And they just they just gone past Budapest two weeks ago. On their way back to Holland. Two weeks ago now, just two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So their trip is like Years. a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so, that's amazing. And, and, it's, and it's 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 an envious lifestyle. It's it's kind of carefree. Yeah. Is that an illusion? Is it really carefree, or is there just as much stress? It, there is there is a lot that you have to tackle, like yeah. issues, daily issues. But it's fun. I mean, the next border is like okay, we have to figure out how to get to Georgia from Turkey. And it's, uh, or, or, you know, Russia, we went through Chechnya, which is like, you know, a war, it used to be a war zone, and many people think still is. Well, it isn't. It's completely safe. But, uh, so these are the kind of problems you have to solve. Or maybe you're running low on fuel, and then you have to figure out, okay, where is the next fuel station if you, if the next one that you plan to use is actually closed or something. But also, like, we quit our job. Most people quit their job or maybe sell their business, sell their house. We met many different stories. 
But for example, the the person that we traveled through China with Jean Piero, he is on the road now, but he's doing it in stages. So he does three months. He did three months last year, then flies back, works a little bit, and then and then leaves. He left his car in in, in Laos, ah, and flies back and continues. Okay, yeah. And, and now he's in Cambodia, continuing his trip, and he's going to drive around the world, but in stages. That's so cool. That's very very yeah. cool. Yeah, and so you don't have to give up on your regular life. Just yeah. No, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. And live like gypsies, basically, really, when you think about it. Um, but it's it's a it's a very exciting life, and I think a lot of people hear your story and they think, "Wow, I wish I could just get up and take off and do that." But but it's it, it's set with its own. It, ha- it has its own set of challenges and stresses, and it's not like just disappearing one day, uh, which oh, people no, no. think it is. You know, yeah, yeah it's a lot yeah, of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. There is some work involved, yes. Um, one more time. Uh, do you have an Instagram? You have to have an Instagram, right? I do have an Instagram, and it's actually growing pretty pretty well uh, now. Well, give, give, your, give your Instagram account information. It's, it's called Overland Site, the same as the website, Overland Site. And I mean, you got anybody who's an overlander has got to have some amazing photographic opportunities in some places uh, of the yeah. world that no one has ever been. I have to believe you have some of the best pictures on your Instagram uh, site of anybody, of anybody. Yeah, there's some, there some good ones, I think, yes. Yeah. Well, so, well, are you planning to come to the United States and driving uh, uh, through the United States? I did that before, and I plan to do it again, yes. Yeah. I was very young. I was driving up and down on the on the east coast and that was fantastic that was like my first overlanding it was just a big so where old. did you start where did you start and where did you end uh, up i spent three months in new hampshire and then i went down all the way to florida and back to new york wow wow that is a long trip yeah. from new hampshire to florida that's a long, oh, long trip. six yeah. and a half days as well so it was yeah. mad yeah yeah no i know i know yeah. all right listen it's been great talking to you um it's, I'm, I'm happy that you're enjoying your life. That's the important thing. Trust me on that Thank one. Thank you. I'm 61 now, and I've enjoyed my life, every single bit of it. I have nothing I regret in my life at all, zero. Uh, but uh, keep in touch. Let us know how things are going. If you come up with any other strategies to help people who drive long hours. Um, oh, look at this. Look at this. Giampiero Golfo said, I just entered Cambodia or Cambodia? That's that's Cambodia. I that's what I thought. He's probably typing on his phone. Oh, so he, he's, he's a friend of yours. He's a friend of yours. He's he's the guy I mentioned, but he's oh. very bad with he's very bad with technology. I have to say, and I'm I'm sure he listens now. <laughs> Good, and tune into the show more often because at least you can learn something while you're driving thousands and thousands of miles. Listen, thanks so much for being on the show. Sorry we didn't no, get to thank meet you. Uh, Evelyn. And thank you for writing me uh, about your uh, your journey. It's wonderful to hear you, okay? Thank you very much. Thanks thank, for having thank me. Thank you. And we'll see everybody Monday with more Superhuman Radio. Tune in then, and thank you for being here.